Hey, y'all, this is Eric, and you're listening to Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. What's going on, guys? Eric here from Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. And, you know, we're going to have one of my buddies on, a local guy, Mr. J.D. Cobb. He's been on a few times. He's from uh, Drawback Outdoors. And, you know, this is just going to be a classic BS session. Um, We were supposed to have another guest on, but we had to reschedule. So I hit J.D. up and I'm like, hey, dude, you want to do another one? Um, And he was down. He's always down to do do episodes. So thank you, J.D., for coming on. Um, Before we get started, got to thank the sponsors, Osseo Gear, best camo in the industry, Go save 10% on their website using the promo code SEBH10. Uh, next up is going to be Summit Tree Stands, man. I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. I'm getting mine wrapped up this week, and I'm. it's going to be ready. It's going to be 100% ready to go for this season, which I cannot wait. Um, if you're in the market, go save 15% um, off of their website with the promo code SEBH15. That's site-wide. That's for all accessories, all tree stands, climbing sticks, anything you want on there. Uh, Last but not least is Urban Archery Outfitters. Just go to the website. (laughs) Go to the website. Check it out. um, Get involved. You know, help them grow. They are growing very fast. And, you know, I'm very happy to be, you know, working with them and a part of the the whole thing. Um, Before we get started with JD, I got to thank Andy Freeman and Thor Nichols, man. Those are two of my best buddies. They're always supporting the podcast. They're always some of the first listeners. And, you know, they, they're just good guys. Uh, Andy Freeman has a YouTube channel called Double A Outdoors TV. Thor, I think, has a YouTube channel. I'm not really sure. He told me something about putting new episodes or new videos out soon. So he may be doing that. If he does, I'll plug it for him. But, um, yeah, man, you know, it, season's fast approaching. So me and JD cover early season stuff. We cover, you know, probably our broadhead choices. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Easton, uh, to Gary from Easton and Severman. They sent me some Easton Axis four millimeter arrows and some of the new Sever um, 1.75 titanium heads. You know, just to try out. You know, and I can't thank them enough for that. I'm super excited. Those arrows should be getting built probably by the end of this week, and I will be maybe doing a review video on it. I'm not too sure, but speaking of videos. Go to our YouTube channel. We've started posting videos of, you know, all the podcasts. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer to upload it. It won't usually be the same day just because it takes a lot longer to upload it with the, you know, videos being so large and all that stuff. But definitely go check that out. Like and subscribe. I know that sounds like every other YouTuber, but we're trying to make this thing grow. And uh, man, you know, I'm just going to stop rambling on. Let's get started with my buddy, J.D. Cobb. All right, guys, we got my buddy, one of my best friends, the man that gives me shit constantly about everything I do, Mr. J.D. Cobb from Drawback Outdoors. And from the looks of it, you're out going? your balls off, man. So what's up? Yeah, it's, you know, uh, just hot. <laughs> um, no real way to put it. Hot working. Just got, I finally just got off about 20 minutes ago. And then I went outside and shot my bow some more. So I'm really hot and sweaty. Yeah, you did a uh, 90 yard shot. You know, you sent me a text a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how did I thought your yard that your, you know, uh, workhouse has isn't isn't big enough for that. So how'd you pull that off? 
So yeah, uh, the little rental house that we have here is the max I've got is like 60 yards and then I'm standing in the road if I want to go any further. Um, so, but my hunting property over here at the neighbor's house, 25 acres, I went out there and basically drove the truck cause he hadn't, he hadn't uh, bush hogged it yet. Mm-hmm. The field side of it. So I just drove the truck back and forth a couple of times, flattened out a little spot and shot. Oh yeah. So that was. How it. was it? Did you hit ten ring? It was. It was. You know what? It was. Um, it was not a ten ring. Um, it was to the left by about six inches from the middle of the target, but it still was. The height was perfect, but it was left. Um, but yeah, I was just really surprised because there was one branch that I actually shot through and didn't realize it until I, you know. I had my buddy with me and I had him watch, you know, the rainbow effect of the, you know, arrow going up that high. And it did, it went through the, through the trees and still hit the target. Um, so if I didn't have that tree there, I probably would have stretched it a little further, but I just didn't want to take the chance. Yeah. You know, but it was, it was very interesting seeing that, you know, I've watched, you know, tons of tech videos and, you know, they're all out there 120, 130 yards and, just that beautiful rainbow shot. And I, I, I've never seen it coming out of my bow and it's, it's crazy to watch. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. Dude, I did that at a, the archery range near my house when I did the 70 yard elk shot and yep. just watching it do that whole rainbow yeah. or whatever. It was cool. I mean, yeah, it is cool. I, I don't know if I'd want to see that on a deer at 20 yards. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. If I saw that at 20 yards, it's all right. Something is definitely wrong with my setup. For sure. So speaking of setups, man, what, what are you, uh, what are you going to be using this year? I know you've told me before, but I can't remember your arrow weight or FOC or any of that. Um, okay. All right. So why don't you hit on that before we dive into the juicy stuff? So my setup this year is the same bow. It's the, it's the Hoyt Torex. Um, but I've got it restrung with 60 X strings, um, and had it done at a custom shop and I love them. They're flow yellow and it's just big and bright and, you know, Ooh, look at me and they're beautiful. Uh, I love them. I love the way they turned out. They quieten my bow so much. If y'all have a chance, get on 60 X custom strings.com and, and order plenty of strings for your next string adventure that you have the next year, or maybe even this year, hurry up and get it done before season starts. But 60 X there, I can't say enough about them. Um, they are amazing string company. Um, but, uh, that's the only thing that changed with my, my bow setup this year. Uh, my arrow setup, I started building last year off season. And this will be the first year with them an actual hunting season. Uh, but they are the gold tip force FOC arrows. Um, and they are 468 grains total weight. And I got 200 grains up front, uh, putting me at a 21 and a half percent FOC. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited. Um, I've been dabbing back and forth, as you know, I keep talking to you about it, you know, with the fix versus mechanical, da, 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 hybrids, you know, any of that stuff. But I've decided I'm going to stick with fixed um, just because, again, I always fall back on the what if factor. And what if, you know, a severed, you know, breaks the moon collar or what if the, you know, rage doesn't open or doesn't deploy. It's just, there's always that what if factor. So with a fixed blade, 
the only what if you have is, is if it's tuned properly, the only what if you have is, hey, did I remember to sharpen this? I mean, that, that's the only thing you really got to worry about with the fixed blade. So I'm going to stick with fixed blade and I've changed the fixed blade up. I was doing the uh, the OG Montec and I also had the, uh, the Montec M3, the solid one. Um, but doing some more research and found out that is that is metal infused. It's not a one piece. Um, it's basically liquid metal that's poured into a cast and then hardened. Um, so it is porous and it is susceptible uh, sub, uh, to breaking. Um, not like the, you know, annihilator broadheads that are made from solid, you know, steel construction. Um, so, and I, I just really don't want to spend the 65 or $75 for the, not for three annihilator broadheads. Mm. That is what I want, but I just, I'm not going to pay that. So for now, what I'm doing this year, and I just, I actually just tuned them, uh, yesterday and finished up doing it today. Um, the new uh, Swacker, they're not new, but they're new to me, uh, the Swacker uh, 252 fixed broadhead. Um, they're made by a company called Steel Force, and then they are sold through uh, Swacker. Hmm. Um, they, they've got a lot of backing with Steel Force. Um, and it's a, the, the blade on it, the main blade, because it does have little bleeders. It's an inch and a half um, main blade, which is actually a 0.65 thick blade. Um, but the bleeder blade is a, a 0.875 of an inch. So it's almost an inch bleeder blade. And that's your standard, you know, 0.25 thickness, you know, as most other fixed blade bleeders are. Hmm. So that's my setup I'm using this year. So. Oh, and with the strings, it did bring my poundage up. Um, because, you know, obviously new strings will give you higher poundage. So I'm, I'm actually at 75 pounds right now. Yeah, good lord, man. Instead of my normal, instead of my new, not normal uh, seventy-two. Yeah. So. so basically, with the broadhead stuff, man, like you and I have had plenty of conversations on this podcast, off the podcast, over text, in person, yep. in the truck, on the way to a deer yep. stand. <laughs> like this is yep. something we talk about a lot, and a lot. You know, it's a huge rabbit hole. Like, Oh yeah. Bunny the bunny rabbit would be, you know, Bugs Bunny would be happy with that one. Oh, for sure. And the yeah. thing about it is like, you know me. I mean, I'm I'm I said it yesterday when we talked. I'm really picky about my fixed blade choice, really my broadhead choice in general. Um mm -hmm. and I think I think you're on the right track with the um with the solid construction because you know, I love the QAD Exodus, but I will say that there has been one or two times with the same broadhead. Now, granted, this thing has hit rebar. This thing, you know, in my Reinhardt target, it's hit the plastic tubing that holds the foam in. Like that thing right. is just right. But yeah. um, one thing I did notice is the blades, after they go through hell, tend to not really separate, but start to separate from the tip mm -hmm. yeah the, the, that tip will start to come off yeah yeah and yep. that is not a knock on exodus because i still think they're one of the best fixed blades out there as far yep. as replaceable blades go i think they're the top top broadhead out there for it but when it comes yeah the, to, the one go ahead when it comes to solid construction um 
you know, see, I don't, I don't like annihilators just because they're so small. I know they're accurate, but they're tiny. And now, I don't. Speaking of that, you, you're kind of you're bashing on one of my favorites here, so I got to stop you. Uh, the tip, the standard OG annihilator hundred grain is small. They also make a 100 grain XL. Yes, I was just about to which is, that. Yeah, which is bigger. And then obviously they've got the 120 and the 150, and they offer all three of theirs in a smaller and an XL size. Okay. What yeah. size is the XL? The XL is, is it's 100 grain, but I believe it is a – yes, it is still smaller than most. Um, but – think i want to say it's an inch and a quarter so i know it's small That's but you will never have what if you pay that 75 dollars that i will eventually but you'll never have to replace your broadheads again you can flat stone sharpen them and be done well i mean i know of a guy that shoots the montex the original montex and he's been mm -hmm. the same broadhead for like uh, 15 or 18 years or something like that and he said that yeah after that amount of time of resharpening every year, obviously you're going to lose weight. So I think it started as 100 yeah. grams. Now it's down to like 80 or 85. Oh, or oh God. Yeah, he's <laughs> sharpening that many times. Wow. Has so, he got some more brass in there to help? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know the guy personally. Wow. I just heard him talk about it on a podcast. but I got you. I got um, you. No, and, and the thing is, too, like, you know, I've looked at solid construction. I mean, I've looked at, you know, like day six, definitely iron will. Those I, yep. I think the iron wheels are some badass broadheads, but yeah, they um, are. They are. I badass can't spend hundred dollars for three broadheads. Exactly. You know, exactly. that, that's just too much. But yeah. um, <clears throat> and and to touch back on your QADs, you know, I I've seen some videos as well as not only your experience, but I've seen some videos of yeah that that tip will start backing off, mm -hmm. but the one thing that they have over anybody else, which is why I think they are so accurate and devastating is the blade over shaft design. Yep. That is, and Amazon has their own version of it now called <laughs> the D power. Oh, I hate it, it. <laughs> so the D power, it looks like if you oh. wanted to try it, it looks like a Montec M3 solid construction, but it, but the blades are swept over the, the shaft. Well, they have I'm two. I'm like, okay. They have two. They are actually, I think okay. they've got three different sizes. You can get it an inch and a quarter, inch and a half. And they've got the solid construction and the replaceable blades. And literally, okay. if, if you take the exodus, say you take the full blade and you take out like where the, the blade on the full kind of curves out and then just cut that. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. Yep. I mean, to a yep. T, it's the exact same broadhead for yep. half the price but the thing is it's a cheap yeah. chinese made that i mean i don't i'm not going to shoot any chinese broadheads at a deer you know i just, right. I just won't right but yeah i mean we are in america so exactly and that's why yeah. you know that kind of leads me into you know the changes that i've started making yeah with my setup because i said it in the intro but i'll say it again easton and you know about this but maybe the listeners don't um when i had gary on from easton he offered to you know let me try out some of the new axis long range arrows and some of the new sever broadheads that just came out and i just built two of them now i've got two different veins sure. i've got the hybrid 26 is from aae and then mm -hmm. i have the bully blazers 
and I haven't shot the one with the blazers yet, but when I shot the, um, the one with the hybrids, it flew fine. It flew great, but it was hitting very low, like six inches low. Now, I think, because I asked the guy at the shop when I had him cut them, what he thought about, you know, switching from standard to micro diameter. And he mm -hmm. said that, you know, I'll probably have to move the rest some because it sits yep. lower, which is yep. fine. I'm not going to do it till after next weekend when we do the shoot. But um, it kind of made me want to tinker a bit. So the hybrid arrow weighs 445 grains with 18% FOC. The bully one um, weighs 434 grains with 20% FOC. So I'm kind of wondering nice. if I can get away. Dude, it's insane. But I'm wondering if I can get away with maybe not having to move the rest with a lighter arrow, but with more FOC. You know what I'm saying? You won't. See, and that's what I was worried about. Yeah, you won't be able to because the higher FOC, yes, it will pull the arrow to the target quicker because it's a higher FOC, but you're already sitting lower in the rest. So you're still going to hit low. It'll just get to the target and hit the target a lot harder. Okay. Because it's gaining like 10 feet per second. Mm -hmm. my standard setup which is at like 254 and now yeah. with the 434s because i'm gonna i'm not gonna be able to shoot them today obviously but i'll shoot them tomorrow and i'll see what they do but it's gonna be yeah. moving at like 260 something so i'm almost yeah. wondering if i yeah. should just completely build those eastons because other than that i mean there's literally no change they don't go left or right any different they're just up and down different and i mean right. i was looking today right. when i put it on um it's not below the burger hole, but it's on the bottom half. So I need to probably yeah. rest up to yep. get it covering. But yep. I mean, you're my bow guy, basically. So you and T-Bone. <laughs> so yeah. Anytime I hit any any issues, you know. Look, you put me up there with T-Bone. I'm I'm good. You, you all right? I did that. <laughs> hey, I, it's true, man. Any questions I have, you guys can but, answer it. So, but one thing so we were, we're kind of getting into. Oh, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is one thing about it is um, I'm wondering if because it's moving so much faster, if I might need to change the sight tape or. Oh, yeah. OK. Well, that's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really I mean, even if it is 10, <sighs> even if it is 10 feet per second, it you know, at 30, you're not going to notice an impact change. Yeah. Obviously, you will for lower because of the rest. But your distance on your sight tapes, you're not going to notice the difference until you start getting out to, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70. You know, anything under anything under 40, even when I was changing all my sight tapes so much, anything under 40, they all, no matter what I did, even before I made it to the shop getting a set of sight tapes, they hit exact. But once I went out to 40 and, and further, that's when I was like, okay, sight tape's way off. Damn. Well. Yeah. Thank God I have plenty of sight tapes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so you, you kind of touched on, you know, something that I, I wanted to sort of save a little bit for later, but real quick, um, one thing I got to say is the whole, so, so let me, let me really, I'm going to ask it. I'm not going to say it. If you were, before to you ask, before you ask, before we get into the setup, because I know you do want to save it for later, save it for later. <laughs> Let's get into you. You talked earlier about the shoot we got coming up. Yeah. Let, let's get into that. Okay. Let's go ahead and get that out the way before we do another rabbit hole dive. 
<laughs> get the important stuff out. I got you. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, how ready do you think you are for the state shoot? You know, I've, I haven't shot this week will be the first time I've actually shot every single day, at least 30 arrows a day, every single day this week. But three weeks prior to that, I never touched the bow. So you do know that it's going to be 60, 60 targets we're hitting. Yes. Okay. I talked to um, one of the guys up at Ace today when I was there. And I asked okay. him, it starts at 8.30, both Saturday and Sunday. But the thing is, too, we might not actually be able to shoot together because they split up um, the shooters, probably because there's so many of them. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure, like, if we get there at the same time, I don't see why they would change that. Yeah. He said that it's three ranges of 15 targets. And okay. so I don't know if it's going to be just constant going. Because, I mean, I'm not – I'll be honest, dude. Like I have, I've been shooting, but I haven't shot my target arrows once in like a month. I've been so focused. And, and so that's the other thing that me and you differ on too, is I, I don't have a target setup versus a hunting setup. Yeah. I, I shoot what I got. <laughs> and I may, honestly, I may just, especially if I'm going to be going micro diameter this year, I might just take mm -hmm. my hunting setup that I have and, you know, use that just because it's already dialed in. It's, it's flying perfect. I don't see a reason to change it up, you know? Right. Right. So I, may I, just do that. I don't know, but, um, yeah, man. I, and what's got me nervous is you're going to be on vacation next week and it's supposed to rain here all yep. week. So if it does, there's not going to be any practice going on, you know, before the shoot. So, yeah, uh, tomorrow is my last day of practice before the shoot. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> well, all we can do is try. <laughs> yep. yep. I mean, you know, it's, it's just a state championship, but it's all yeah, right. I mean, what's that? No big deal. Another day at the range. Just another, just another shoot. <laughs> but no, what I want that's honest, you, that's honestly the way I think we need to look at it, too. Is yeah. it, it's just another shoot. Well, I mean, it's not like we're going to, you know, the world finals or anything like that. Like, we're not doing, right. you know, I mean, maybe if we somehow, by the grace of God, do it, but yeah. I, I'm not expecting that. But no, what I wanted to ask you <clears throat> was if you were to switch back to mechanical, what do you think about Sever? Do you think you'd give it a shot? I lose you. Oh, there you are. Do you hear what I said? There I am. No, I, I switched over. You, I got your text about my service sucks, so I switched it over to Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh man, we're just showing all the behind the curtain stuff, aren't we? Yep, literally. <laughs> no, what I was saying was, is if you do, because I know you're set on fixed, and I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. But if you ever did, you know, go back to mechanical, would you give the Severs a shot? Because I know you're a huge um, Schwacker fan. Like that seems to be mm -hmm. a broadhead of choice, but the severs, I mean, I can tell you from experience, especially shooting them yesterday, they're like darts, man. And it's good to be able to use the same broadhead you're going to be hunting with. And yeah. I just feel yeah. like there's a lot going there. Cause I mean, you know, I tried getting you on the G5 train. You didn't jump on. Mm -hmm. um, I told you about me considering using a rage this year 
after me and Joe Miles talked, just to see, just to see. I mean, you never know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But once Sever sent me those six broadheads, I mean, I why not use them? You know, like to me, yeah, yeah. it's just rage, but better. So I don't know. Would you consider using Severs? Or is that kind of just you're so fixed on fixed, you know, that you know, I I would. Um the only downfall that I keep seeing about those um is two reasons. Um the rattle, which comes from the uh little moon spacer that's in between the slip cam, and then also that moon spacer breaking and causing the blaze to actually go vertically out in front of the broadhead really yeah yeah i've seen a lot of stuff i've seen a lot of stuff on that and those are the only two things that are keeping me from it the the full titanium furrow ferrule and you know blades everything being titanium and as strong as it is i love it um the no collar you know i love i love it but that rattle and the uh little collar inside breaking I just, I've seen too, uh, I've seen too many bad videos on them. Yeah. Well, if, if I get a shot on a deer, I'm not going to say when, cause then I'm probably never going to get one. But if I get one, um, I'll let you know how it does. I've never heard of the moon spacer breaking. I, now that may be from people putting it in wrong. Cause I have done that. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't know, dude, I've seen so many test videos on that broadhead and I've never seen any, mm-hmm anything happen with it but i just figured i'd ask because i mean you know i'm not i'm not sponsored by easton or sever and you know it was a huge blessing for them to even send this stuff because you're talking right oh yeah i mean those those arrows ain't cheap and those broadheads no. especially six of them it's not cheap either so no. i cannot thank no. gary enough for doing that but yeah you know i'm just i'm just curious trying to get trying to see what the you know other people think and uh right if they don't work i've got the mega meets and if for some reason those don't work i have the exodus and we both know how strong that thing is so yeah 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 look you you made a post on facebook <laughs> let's just get in all right let's get you, into it you made a post on facebook today i didn't really and my phone is still blowing up by the way as I'm we're sure talking about this now i'm sure yeah. it is um i didn't really get a chance to read all of it just because okay. i was driving and i you know was dying from the heat so a little delirious but basically what was the post and what was the reason behind it so the post um which i already one of my first comments about it comments on it after i posted was you know i i because someone had reached out and we're like you know you're gonna because at the end of the post it said you know pm me you know for for an explanation mm-hmm. and the first guy posted he's like if it's a secret or if it's not a secret why don't you just go ahead and post it and my first thing was i don't want to offend anybody you know by doing all this so that's why i'm just reach out to me individually and of course that's the i have offended so many people already it's not even funny but the post is if you are shooting a fixed blade now again i've had people comment already about you know mechanicals and i'm like no and it says it if it's a fixed blade you do not need to paper tune if that is all you're doing. Meaning that's it. Like if you're only that was all that was all 
that was all yeah that was all the yeah exactly if you're only shooting fixed blade broadheads you do not if you're paper tuning bear shaft you're doing it wrong and that's what that's what the post said so what's the science behind that i think i know where you're going with this because i've had issues before with a perfectly paper tuned bow and then threw mm -hmm. some fixed blades on there and it flew like crap so like crap right yeah so and you remember because this is around when we first met and i'm like yo i'm having these issues you know what do yep. you think so and after hunting that night when you first came up to the house you shot an arrow and it corkscrewed like hell mm -hmm. now yep. i look i i attribute attribute that to the to the whisker biscuit more than the arrow itself mm -hmm. because i've shot that bow since then and it it flies like crap i mean it literally with arrows that i know out of my bow fly amazing i'll shoot the same right. one and it's i can watch it without a lot of knock i can watch it kind of fishtail and yep. then it hits the target and it's corked left and it's just so i mean what what's the what's the science behind the whole if you're paper tuning and you're shooting a fixed blade you're doing it wrong like what 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 led you to that i know you mentioned mfjj and tim gillingham but what what gave and you Levi Morgan? Yeah, well, like I said, I didn't read the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so what's the science? All right, the science behind it. Okay, so everybody has a spine chart, right? Every arrow company has a spine chart, and they're all wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, for the most part, yeah. for the most part, they're all wrong. But okay, spine deflection. And remember me telling you about all these big words I'm going to be using? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Spine deflection and spine deviation happens when you take, I'm going to try and show you here. Yeah. The back of an arrow and the front of an arrow. And you push it together. Okay. It's the same thing that's happening when you shoot it out of the bow. Okay. There's two forces going on the arrow at the same time. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you push on it, and it bends, that is your spine deflection. So what happens is, and actually, especially with victory and, uh, well, yeah, it is victory because they, they do the rip and uh, gamers and all that kind of stuff. That spine aligned little thing that you see on there is backwards. Because we've been told, we've all been told for all these years to do the spine alignment on the heavy side of the spine. Mm -hmm. eh, wrong. When you bend an arrow, it is always going to bend on what side? The weaker side. The weaker side. Yeah. So in essence, those labels where it says spine aligned, when you set it on your rest in your bow, actually needs to be on the bottom. That explains a lot because I've done because that. when you're when you fire it out your bow, it's going to bend. And when it comes out, you're pushing that force against it. When it's shooting out of the string, mm -hmm. it's going to bend, want to bend towards the weak side. Don't you want support from the rest on the weak side? Instead of it flying, go the bend going up and then it's trying to do this and catch itself in the air. So basically, like. So, but to get around to it is the, when you're, if you're, if you are just a hunter, not if you're a target shooter or 
this doesn't apply to you. If you're shooting a mechanical, this does not apply to you. If you are just a bow hunter and you're using fixed blade broadheads, bare shaft tuning or fletched bare shaft tuning doesn't matter. Does not matter. And knock tuning before you put your fletchings on is stupid. <laughs> it is stupid. Oh, man. I'm going to clip that. Oh, that. That's fine. <laughs> it's stupid. So, bare shaft tune an arrow, completely bare shaft, through paper, and then put fletchings on it. Mm -hmm. It's going to change. Well, yeah, of course. Okay, because you because you are changing the dynamic of the spine versus a static spine of a bare shaft. Well, and you're, you're also now making it flight because of the vein. correct, correct. So, so when people are bare shaft tuning and then they're going out and shooting, they get a perfect bullet hole. Oh, money! And then they go out there and shoot a fixed blade broadhead, not a mechanical, but a fixed blade, and it deviates one way or the other. They go and they fix it by changing their rest. Hmm. Why? You just paper tuned it, right? Yeah. yeah. And put just put just some metal on the end of that arrow, and then you just go shoot it. See, and, that and then makes tune sense. it tune it to your field point. That makes a lot of sense. That's all you're trying to do. When I was shooting, I was just playing around with a bunch of because you know, I mean, I've got like a hundred arrows upstairs. So I was playing right. around with them and all that. And I wanted to see, you know, for my own, I guess, I'm not going to say confidence, but I guess my own curiosity, I had the Mega Meat BMP on a Bloodsport uh, Punisher, which is a standard diameter. I fletched it myself. I didn't spinal line it. I didn't knock tune or anything. I just mm -hmm. was like, okay, throw it together. Let's see what happens. That flew fine. Took the exact same arrow. I mean, exact same arrow. Took the BMP off, put an Exodus on there. They flew exactly the same. Now, I've never paid to tune this bow. You know that. Because I just, I haven't needed to. And right. what, was, what was interesting to me is because you hear all these people, and I was thinking about this when we were talking earlier, you hear a lot of people say like, oh, well, in order to get your field points and your broadheads together, you need to move your rest. And to me that, I mean, I'm sure there's something to that because you and I mm -hmm. discussed that as well. But what I, what I never understood is if that's the case, if your broadhead you're shooting like the Exodus is, you know, marketed as flies like a field point or close to like a field point, why move the rest? Because then it's not flying like a field point. You know what I mean? And yeah. so to me, it was like one of those things where it's like, okay, if your bow is tuned, correctly and everything is straight and you have good built arrows and everything's where it should be i completely agree that you just shoot your field point throw a broadhead on they should go in the exact same spot now if you've got like a big wide fixed blade that, mm -hmm. that's obviously probably going to change because now you've got that drag and the turn and the direction yep. and everything the steering up front completely changes yep. So yep. when you posted that, that's kind of what I was thinking. It's like, well, of course, first off, why would you paper tune with a broadhead anyway? Because you're getting, you're going to have more than one cut or well, more than, you know, the, just the veins cutting. Cause now yeah. you've got the broadhead cut and you've got the veins cut. You don't know which one that is. I mean, maybe right. you've got like ridiculous helical like I do, but even then it's yeah. not gonna, yeah. it just never made sense. So 
what's funny to me though is when you posted that i was reading some of the comments i mean you really did piss off a lot of people <laughs> so, yeah i know, had it, one guy on there i don't know who he is i'm not going to name drop anything but there was one guy on there said well what if i you know what if i'm running over 500 grain total weight and i've got you know uh i got three or 250 grains up front mm -hmm. i'm like well for one that all you're shooting at that point is a broad head attached to a toothpick so it you know i couldn't really answer him on that one but it's just you're running such a heavy arrow one north georgia white-tailed it doesn't matter yeah um you don't need something like that but for something of that nature it's i don't want to say it's impossible to even try and paper tune that but it's it's one of those things if you're running something that heavy obviously you don't need a paper tune mm -hmm. um you just tune your bow and, and you know for your broadhead and that's the other thing too is everybody's always talking about well you know a properly tuned bow da, 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 okay a properly tuned bow speaks to how many people in the bow hunting industry it's for everybody's own setup there's not a right way to tune a bow it's a right way to tune it for you and what you're shooting and that's some of the other flack i was getting back as well but it's just it's just one of those things that and you know to touch back on on the, the paper tuning you know bear shaft tuning versus fletching tuning for you having fletching on there um the the, the proper way to do it because i'm sure you like the knock tuning thing where i touched on that as far as being stupid um the proper way to knock tune after fletching if you have an issue where you're trying to knock tune and you're getting it to fly a little bit different or closer to your field point and you're having and you're noticing once you t turn it that your cock vein is not up and down mm -hmm. the proper way to do it then is it's a long process but it's to um tune it with the fletchings and then not tune it with the fletchings on there and then if it's not then you take the veins off and replace the veins where it you know is is indicated it needs to be that way you're going to have your cock vein up at all times but with today's dropaways again it's stupid it's not <laughs> going to have any contact with the with the rest anyways because you have a drop away rest yeah well and that was one thing like i noticed last year when i was shooting with a whisker biscuit that um, that it does play a big part in it does and i that's where i was going is that i you know i think i had oh man like two or three different setups i mean i i literally was shooting like two or i think it was two 300 spine arrows that were 495 total weight with like 16 mm percent -hmm. foc and i mean that you know it's the same ones that you saw when i had the live knocks and they were flying like shit I think that it's because yeah. of the whisker biscuit that they were flying that way, because now when I shoot them, same exact arrow, there's no problems. But yeah. regardless, when I was getting ready for season, before I even bought the 300 spine, you know, almost 500 grain arrows, I was shooting some 350 spine, same brand, same model, just different spine. Mm -hmm. And the GPI was lower, but I had more weight up front. So I think it was at like 505, 515. 
And I mean, it was super slow. I didn't know that at the time. I'm thinking I'm shooting, you know, 250, 260. I was shooting like high 230s. And yeah. what was funny about it is I would spend, and you can ask Jessica about this, man. I would spend an hour or two every, every time I build one of those arrows and mm -hmm. just stop tune just complete and and at the time i didn't have a fletching jig so i couldn't re really refletch them i mean i could do it by hand but it always came out like crap right. but yeah man i spent many a night in the heat you know not tuning with fletching and just getting pissed off because i'm like all right i have it here well it's still kicking left let me turn it turn it still kicking left let me turn it this way oh it flew two feet to the left well what what the hell you know and i'm yep. sure there was a lot of stuff going on there i mean i'm not gonna say it was just the arrow but you know, when you posted that, it got me thinking because, like I said, I've never paper tuned my bow. I've never needed to. I just yep. did the method you told me about lining it up and then shooting it and fixing it as you go. <clears throat> and it it was fine. So I'm Absolutely. not saying you shouldn't paper tune. I think paper tuning is good, but paper tuning has its place. Exactly. But if you if you are strictly blade, if you are strictly bow hunting with a fixed blade, you don't need to. You set your bow up, you know, 13 sixteenths from the riser, you know, with your rest, set it up, and then make sure you're running through your burger hole, get your 90 degrees, you know, perpendicular with your string. And then just paper tuning is, paper tuning is to make sure that you don't just absolutely miss. And it's just to help get you close because even Easton tells you to paper tune at 16 yards. Yeah, and in the reason they don't tell you to go any further is because if that arrow deflects anywhere, or deviates one way or the other, it's gonna you're gonna break an arrow, and especially if you put you know a piece of metal on the end of it, it's go it's going that same path. It's not because at that if you're bear shafting with a broadhead, one it, it, don't do it, but it's going to go where the broadhead's gonna go. So if you have any deviation or fine deflection, you know pulling it one way or the other because you're not aligned yet and not ready for that yet that's why they tell you to stay within 16 yards because if you do it out at 20 or 30 yards that arrow is going to go out so far sideways and it's going to slap the target sideways and break your arrow yeah or it's just going to completely miss so paper tuning if you want to get a you know pretty darn close and then after that don't just don't even waste your time with it if you're running fixed blade only and if you're not target hunt, target uh, competition, if you're just a hunter. So returning has its play. Something you made me kind of question because I fletched up um, one of my victories upstairs like, I don't know, a month ago. And I went by mm -hmm. the spinal line arrow. And All right. you said earlier, you know, you always want to have the cock bait on that. So basically yep. what you're saying is now, you know, say I get another set of victories, say, you know, I don't really like the Eastons and I get some like rip TKOs or something, right? Mm -hmm. Which I do like the Eastons. I think they're going to be good, but let's just say something happens and I'm like, you know what? I appreciate it, but I don't really want to use these. I'm going to go with a different thing. Let me go with victory. Right. Just I like them a lot. Um, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with victory arrows. Oh, they're no, they're great arrows. Yeah. Um, but if I were to get their studies and fletch them you're saying put the cock band on the opposite end of where the arrow is at because that's where the weakest spot would be right 
I'm saying don't even worry about where you put your cock vein. Oh, so that whole placement doesn't even matter. The one thing you need to keep in mind is there's a new study that just came out with the MFJJ just did it as well. Um, the Ramcat spine tester, you know, that little white thing that they push and they turn the, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that, what it's weighing and what people get wrong is they, when it flexes down, they're thinking, okay, that's the strong point of the spine. No, it's a weight. It's pulling on the weakest point. If you try and if you try and hold your arm out straight and someone were to push on your arm, your elbow would bend down mm-hmm. because it's at the, that's its weakest point. So what they figured out is that what it's doing when it pushes down on it, that's, a, that's its weakest point. So you need to actually put that on your rest because when you're firing it out of the bow, it's wanting to, it's wanting to try and bend that arrow. So, and, you don't want it to the left or right because then it's going to come out sideways. Mm-hmm. It's going to either be up or down. You don't want side to side deflection. So, but if you have an upwards deflection where it bends up 90% of the time, if you have a good enough set of veins on the back, yeah, it'll catch it and you know eventually smooth back out, but you run the risk of hitting low mm-hmm. because that arrow is deflecting and it's going to you know go down. So yeah, Ramcat, the, the spine deflector tool has, has been in some new research and they found out that it's actually been backwards and it's measuring the weak side, not the strong side. So them labeling the spine alignment on the strong side of the arrows has now been proven to be wrong. Hmm. That's yeah. crazy. That- so I, now, from now on, when I do my arrows, my next set of arrows, I'm not going to worry about if they say spine aligned if they don't say spine aligned i'm going to have my shop that has one of those ram cats and i'm going to have them measure the weakest point i'm going to put that against the rest that way it has integrity as it's going through yeah but wouldn't so what do you think about like you were saying the drop away rest you know the arrow is really hardly even touching it do you think that because you and i both use drop aways does i mean you're saying have support on the bottom but if it's dropping away but for that millimeter of a second, it's going to be supporting that weak spot. See, this is why I go to you. <laughs> <laughs> I can build an arrow all day and talk setup, but when it comes to bows, man, it's it's a whole other thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, I, you know what's crazy is like I've looked at the whole spine alignment thing and worrying about like, you know, where the cock vein's at. I don't even shoot – multicolor veins anymore i'm just shooting all yeah. the color and i've never since i've started doing that and not really paying attention to you know where the weak side or the strong side or anything is i'm not saying that it's not a big deal because it is but i haven't seen any issues you know i haven't had any weird flyers and if i have it's because my rest was completely off like it was yesterday i don't even know how that happened but all i had to do was move it over two clicks and then it was fine and there you go. so that that's what I wonder is like, you know, what what I guess I'm thinking about is maybe the people that are having them, you know, because you and I are both spined up correctly. And a lot of people mm-hmm. go off those charts. And I know that Carbon Express's chart, I mean, their 250 spine is, and I'm not bashing them, but it just doesn't make any sense. They say their 250 spine is the same strength as their 400 spine. 
How? Not possible. How? That's that's what doesn't yeah. make sense. And Ranch Ferry did a video on it, and he's like, "This is how do you even you know from not really promote that, but how do you say that?" And then people go out and buy them. They don't see that chart, and they're like, "Oh, okay, two fifty spot. I'm shooting eighty pounds, and I'm thirty inch draw, so I'm gonna shoot that." And then the arrow's flying like crap. So it mm -hmm. just doesn't. I just don't understand. Like I feel like the spine charts really need a new overhaul, and they need to. Right, you look at the research right, of what you're talking about, you know, and actually start putting it out for the people that don't watch YouTube videos. There's plenty of people out there. Perfect example. I got a buddy of mine that is supposed to be coming on hopefully soon who has a 30 inch draw shoots over 70 pounds. I tried to pull his bow back the other night, dude, I couldn't even get it started. And he claims it's 70 pounds, but I, that sucker's got to be up to 80 or something. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, you, you also got to think too, how, how long is it actually actually? Thinks the same as mine or yours. He's shooting a uh, PSE. Oh God, I can't remember the, the model. I don't remember the model, but it's not any bigger than ours. I mean, it's no bigger than right. it's no bigger than my bear. So that's what was crazy. Right. The, the, the whole your, your bear, up. your bear, is thirty, and mine's thirty-one and a half. Yeah. So if his is thirty, yeah, that that's a stout seventy pounds. Oh, dude, it's you know if you had like a, if he had like a thirty four axle axle at seventy pounds, it feels like you're pulling fifty pounds. It's, yeah. it's stupid. Yeah, his his was insane. But the the reason I bring him up is because he's shooting thirty inches or thirty inch draw at seventy pounds with a four hundred spine arrow. I know. And now here's the thing: I'm not bashing it, and he's probably maybe going to listen to this and I hope I don't get a text about it, but I've already preached the gospel to him and was like, bro, <laughs> you're way under spine. But well, see, that's where the dynamic and static spine come into effect as well with the cut and the length of the arrow. Cause if you cut it, if you take, if you take a, just for math purposes, if you take a 300 spine arrow, that's standard 31 inches and you cut it down to 27, Mm -hmm. that's a 250 spine arrow yeah He's and also good. if you put more weight in the front and more weight in the back you're changing it again yeah you know it just it, it changes so much so i always i will always preach to everybody you can never be over spined oh for sure you know if i if i you know for for mine it record or uh black eagle recommends i shoot you know a 300 you know, if they only had two fifties on the shelf, that's what I'd use. Yeah. You can never be overspined. Underspined, it's horrible. Yeah. You know, like that guy sounds like he's way underspined. Well, and so that's what's so crazy about it is, you know, he's killed some of the biggest deer I've ever seen in person. I mean, this dude's a killer. He, he is one of the best hunters I know. And he taught me a lot of the stuff that I know. He, he was the guy that took me to kill my first deer when you know i first started and you know he's a longtime family friend so i'm not like i'm not trying to bash his setup but when he told right. me he shoots 400 spine dude and i asked him i was like do you cut them do you put any heavy inserts up front mm -hmm. no man he just buys them right off the shelf throws a broadhead on it and he shoots rage like the original rage and has never had any problem wow. i know and oh. i just told him I'm like you're just an anomaly i was like because i know other yeah. guys that are shooting your exact same setup and they can't get their arrows to fly right. They're, you know, um, not getting pass-throughs. I think when he and I talked last week about it, um, he told me he's only had one deer 
where it didn't pass through. Mm. I was, I, my jaw dropped and I'm like, so you're telling me with your 400 spine arrow at 70 pounds and 30 inches that you've never had any issues, no arrow flight, nothing. He's like, no, man, it just works. I'm like, dude, mm. <laughs> I don't know how, because I'm over here. I mean, I, you know, it, it also could play in the fact of, you know, look at, you know, go back and talk to him and look at his furthest shot. You know, it, point of impact and shot placement is key no matter what spine you're at and what poundage you're at. I mean, we've got kids that are, you know, hunting with 30 pounds. So, I mean, it's, and, you know, there's 700 spine arrows. Um, it just, it really depends. But I think that he would definitely notice a big impact change if he were to go out to, say, you know, 70, 80 yards. Yeah. He may be, he may be hitting the dirt, you know, because of the, that spine deflection will eventually take over yeah he i, I want to say his farthest <laughs> bow shot was like 30 yards because you know down here we don't have yeah exactly yeah. and now we've gone to the range and we've shot good distances i mean mm -hmm. probably 60 yards and still no problems now granted back then i didn't know what i was looking at so it very well could have been flying like shit and i just didn't notice it but right. We're right. supposed to go to the range next month and I'll, I'll pay more attention to it. But he, um, yeah, dude, when he told me that, I was just like, man, I, I need to tell T-Bone this or, or something. Cause he'll, he'll be like, yeah. world, are you getting away with that? But I mean, it's, you know, it kind of goes back to something that Wadi said last week where dude, just hunt with whatever you want, you know, like exactly. I'm not, exactly. I'm not sitting here saying that somebody like, his setup, for instance, um, my buddy's setup. I'm not saying it's wrong. He's killed more deer than mm -hmm. I have. Yep. And so clearly whatever he's doing is working. But yep. for guys like us that like to, you know, live in the rabbit hole, um, I can't shoot a 400 spine. I won't. I no. started at no. 400 and I moved up to 350 or really now 340. And some people say that's under spine. I've had no issues. Yep. But yep. my only thing with, with going up in spine is the GPI starts creeping up there. And that kind of goes into another thing I wanted to talk about, which is the whole FOC deal. Mm -hmm. You and I are shooting extreme FOC now. Mm -hmm. And I was watching, I told you about this yesterday. I was watching a video from Average Jack Archery where he's like, I don't care about FOC. I don't think it really matters. Granted, 28 inches or no, 38 in, or 30 inch draw at 70 pounds or 60 pounds mm -hmm. he's flying still with a yeah. third inch draw oh yeah so oh yeah he, his point if i remember right was that you know arrow weight is more important to him than foc because he's running like eight percent which if you look at the foc charts man eight percent is medium and then yeah. from eight to twelve yeah. once you get above twelve that's considered high which i've never yeah. had an arrow below twelve so i mean sometimes i just I've had, I've had one arrow i've had one arrow set up below 12 percent, and i did not get a pass through on that but then again i'm not shooting 315 feet per second you know with a 30 inch draw uh, that's not me my setup is doing 270 feet per second and i need that extra foc yeah so just just basing off of pure arrow weight I, my setup can't do it. Can't do it. So I, I got to have the high FOC. It, you know, it helps. Yeah. I just, 
It makes me wonder though, like how important FOC is because I know in the Ashby reports, the main thing he says is Aeroflight is key. If you have shitty Aeroflight, I don't care how much FOC you have. I don't care what broadhead you have. I don't care how much your arrow weighs. If your arrow flies like crap, you have a bad setup. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I it's kind of funny because I remember this time last year, man, I'm over here telling you like, yeah, man, you need to shoot, you know, 500 grains and you need to have mm -hmm. all this other stuff. And yep. now my arrow yep. weight is like almost 50 grains less than yours. And yeah, yeah. it's just crazy because... You know, I, I'm starting to get more towards the speed side, you know, because with the bear and only, you know, it only being 60 pounds and having 28 inch draw and mm -hmm. all that. I mean, I, I, like I said, I think with those Eastons, I'm at like two with, with the Eastons, with the blazer veins or the bully veins, I'm at like 262, 263, something like that, which is fine. There's no, that's, no, like, yeah, that's great. You know, for a 430 great. grain arrow with 20% FOC, that, that's going to do it. But, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt. But you're uh, going through both shoulders on that one. Yeah, and and I'm not really worried about it. But I know that some people will listen to this and be like, "Oh man, that's too light. You need 500. You need this and that. You know, go get a bow that shoots 70." I'm sorry. And they'll also tell you that it's too slow. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't have that kind of money to go just drop on a bow. I was looking at all the elites and the Matthews and the the primes and stuff at the shop today, and they don't sell anything under 800 bucks. And I'm like, crap, dude. I'm not. I'm yeah. not getting a bow from y'all. Even Tiffany's bow. I was looking at a bow for Tiffany. It was like $320. I'm like, I'm not spending that on a kid's bow that she may give up in the next year. Yep. But yep. There's so much to it, dude. And like your Facebook post, I can't wait to, you know, when I'm done with everything I need to get done tonight, I can't wait to go back and read all the comments and just see. I'm turning my notifications off because it is blowing up right now. You should have known that was going to happen though. This is yeah, as bad of a debate as the fixed first mechanical, which is a yep. stupid debate because everything now, yep. I'm not going to say everything, a lot of things nowadays will do the job, you know? Yeah. And, and I also just told half the bow hunting community that, that they're wrong. Yeah, but if you, <laughs> if you didn't do it though, MFJJ and all those guys would have. And he did. did. That's he what did. I'm saying. He, he, like, just re he just released a video on it last night. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that tonight because that I, I need to see like what he's talking about because it's on uh it's on elk shapes, it's not on his. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that that whole thing, man. Like I look to those guys, you know, I'm not gonna say for everything, because they're hunting elk and mule deer and they're much bigger, you know, than what we have down here, and they're taking a lot farther shots. I think the yeah. longest shot you and I are gonna take this year would be maybe 40 max, and that's pushing it. Yeah. So yeah, I was just telling my buddy that when we were out there shooting at 90 yards, I was like, you know, this is cool to watch it. But yeah. I said, you know, and he he brought his new, uh, you know, because he messed up his shoulder last year. So he brought his new Raven down here that he just spent twenty five hundred dollars on. Um, but he brought his new Raven down here. So we were messing with that and I was shooting mine, you know, my Hoyt at, at 90. And it's just that's cool and all. But and I hit it, you know, it's awesome. But I'm just. My max for a deer is going to be 40 yards. Yeah. I just, well, I'm not going to push it. And, and the thing is too, like, you know, Cam Haynes does it all the time. He'll shoot 160 yards because a comfortable shot for him on an elk is 80 yards. And he wants to get yeah. closer than that, you know, and they always yeah. say, you know, shoot double the distance you're comfortable or that you're going to be killing at. But mm -hmm. I mean, you don't need, you know, 
a 90 yard shot in Georgia. Now, when we go out West, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen that way. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, but that's not happening this year. So I don't know, man. It's, I, I literally feel like people can debate this all day long, but when it comes down to the science you're talking about and the fact that paper tuning with a broadhead, which I've always I've always thought paper tuning was done to get the bow in line and then you go out and shoot. Cause I've heard this from a lot of people that you take it to the shop and get paper tuned or you do it at your house and paper tune it. And then you start shooting with fletching and then you start shooting with whatever broadhead you're going to use, figure out what your bow likes, you know? Yep. And a lot of people, me included, I've done this. We'll take a bow to a shop. It's paper tuned. And then you think you're just ready to go. And then you throw a fixed blade on there and it's shooting. You know, I did that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I'm, I'm, you know, no, I'm not innocent behind it. You know, I'm guilty about it too, you know, but after doing my own research and, and testing, you know, out there in the yard and you doing your own testing, it's just paper tuning will help get you close. But if you're wanting to kill an animal, tune your bow to what you're using to kill the animal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't argue that because, and that's another reason why I like the sever so much because you can use that same product. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, that was just a little plug, but no. Um, one thing I do want to know is what's your opinion on, because you know, especially now having these micro diameter arrows and you know, changing that up or possibly changing that up instead of shooting standard. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of research into the micro diameter cult that I'll call it. Yeah. Because a lot yeah. of people swear by it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I said something to you the other day about it where micro is cool and it might make the arrow stronger, but what, like, do you think that there's a, like a, a, a really good reason to use micro because you and I both have shot standard the past however many years and really never had any issues. And what doesn't make sense to me is whatever broadhead you're using is opening up the wound channel. So the, the less friction you have kind of doesn't matter because I mean, you could have a aluminum arrow on there. They used to do that, you know, years ago. Yep. Yep. And it still would get pass-throughs with no problems. Mm -hmm. And plus you're going through a medium that is like, liquefied in a sense so and that's and that's another thing too that you know i've been doing a lot of research on and watching a lot of videos and listening to a lot of uh podcasts about not podcasts but the video style podcast like this yeah um i don't know why i just can't sit there and listen to somebody but actually looking at somebody while they're talking i can do all day long um but everybody's doing all these tests into these gel blocks yeah i know right (laughs) So everybody's doing all these tests into the gel blocks. That is such a denser medium than deer will ever be. And some of the research I've watched, they're talking about, um, oh, I've got 16 inches of penetration on the on the medium gel medium. Well, some of the research I had found was actually saying that if you get six inches of penetration on a gel block, you've already passed through a whitetail. I mean, it's just so 
oh, I get more penetration with a, 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 a micro diameter or a nano nano diameter or who, however they want to label it. Yes, I can see the science behind it. Do I believe in it enough with when it comes to the actual medium of a white-tailed deer at 30 yards? No, I don't. You're yeah. also going down a rabbit hole of more expensive components, harder to find components, and also not even some of them don't even offer yet the uh, outserts. Mm -hmm. They make the arrows, but you, they don't even make the outserts for them yet. So it, it's just, and then you then you're down to certain outserts for those won't even accept the standard broadhead. Yeah, then you got to find a special yeah. broadhead. Yeah. I actually have exactly. some six uh, Exodus upstairs. I thought I was going to have to use, but mm -hmm. thankfully the stuff I got is it converts it to standard. But yeah. My, yeah. I mean, the thing is like, I don't, I, I don't want to sound like I'm knocking micro cause I'm not, there are advantages to it, you know, with the whole less friction in the wind and stuff like that. But what, what doesn't really uh, make sense about that is okay, fine. Say you're shooting a field point and it's a windy day. Mm -hmm. okay yeah i can see the less friction but you know where the yep. friction is going to go to the veins so unless you're shooting a very low profile vein you're still going to have it you're still going to have the wind drift and the deflection and all that yep. stuff like exactly and again i'm not saying that you know i think micros are bad i don't but i don't think that there's at least from what i've i can't even really talk on it because i haven't killed anything with one yet but you want me to tell you what 80% of the stuff on the market is right now? What? Besides me saying it's stupid. Um, <laughs> okay. <I'm> it's, <laughs> it's, it's hype. That's yeah. all it is. It's marketing hype. Well, That's all it is. Because before, before marketing hype, what was it? It was Fred Bear in the 40s and 50s killing stuff with I mean, and none of this stuff we had nowadays. Sticks. Sticks. Literal sticks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they got the job done. Yeah. And that, that again, brings me back to what, you know, Wadi was saying is just that a lot of the things, you know, there might be some gain to like shooting micro. Let's just use that mm -hmm. example. But people used to kill them hundreds of years ago with a stick and string in a piece in a stick they found on the ground, found a rock, chipped out a broadhead on it, tied it on there. And it still, it still worked. So, Correct. and one thing you were talking about those tests, um, Joe Miles has videos on YouTube that you can watch. And he, um, I think he has the best testing medium out of any of the tests I've seen on YouTube, because what he takes is he takes two pieces of plywood, has deer hide on both sides, has jello in the middle of the plywood, and then he sees what happens. And he's got plywood that's just about as thick as a scapula. So he'll shoot yeah. a 470 grain arrow out of a 70 pound bow and a 60 pound bow. Now he's 29 inches and his bows must be blistered. Sorry, the cat's making a bunch of noise. Um, he is blistering these freaking arrows, man. Like he told me on the podcast, he's, he's not happy. I think with anything below 290 and I don't know how he's getting that much speed out of a 470 grain arrow. I mean, that's just insane. But in the video, you can see 
you know, he does a test of super heavy, like a 650 grain arrow. And then mm -hmm. he does a, the 470 and the 470 actually penetrates more. So mm -hmm. that it, it, it just shows like all these ballistic gel things. It makes sense. You know, if you get a broadhead that, you know, penetrates more, okay, fine. But you're not shooting in an animal. And so yeah. I love watching the videos. And if you want to base yeah, it, make, it makes for that, great content. Yeah. And if you want to base your choice off of that, okay, fine, go ahead. Can you get a good broadhead, you know, decision from looking at what it does to gel? Yeah. If you've got one that goes deeper and then you've got another one that doesn't, okay, we'll contribute that to a whitetail. Yeah. It's going to go, it's going to go further through. But I think the, the misconception is like when people talk about arrow diameter is there is a happy medium there. I think based off of what, you know, the Exodus guys have done and other videos I've seen, 204 might be like the magic number, you know, where you've got just enough, you know, you've got good stability, you've got good GPI, you have less wind drift if you're going to be looking at the shaft itself mm -hmm. and there's tons of components for it, you know, and yeah. It doesn't cost too much more than a standard but right. i don't know dude i mean like i said i i've never killed anything with a micro so i could be completely wrong i could shoot something this year and it just blow straight through and then i jump on that bandwagon for a year and then something yeah. happens and i'm like oh forget it i'm going back to standard you know i mean yeah, it, yeah. it all works but it, does. it all works because i mean you you've shot them both now, I don't know if you shot anything with the micros, yep. but no, I haven't. I haven't killed anything with a micro, but I've I've done my own testing and shooting with a micro. And um, honestly, the reason I went back to a standard, honestly, was because of the same issue you're having with it sitting too far down in the rest, and I didn't feel like changing my rest. Yeah, well, you might not need to change so, it. You just, you know. Well, mine my rest isn't a fully adjustable one. Mm -hmm. And I had already reached the max height of mine that I could. Yeah. And I was actually starting to get vein contact. <laughs> so, yeah. So I decided just, no, I'm going back to standard. I'm going to have to look at mine and see, because oh. when I was setting it up the first time, it, I don't remember if it had height adjustment on the side. I think it does. And, but it may already be maxed out. So if yeah. it is, then I'm just shit out of luck. So, yep, and and that's why and that's why I switched back to my standards. So, because I, I just didn't feel like getting another rest. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I mean, there's there's so many things we could cover with that. I oh mean, yeah, we haven't even touched on the broadhead thing. I don't think we need to because fixed blades and mechanicals they all work. Just don't get one of the, you know, Chinese knockoff no. rages and stuff because no, they don't work. They'll, they'll bend on you anything fully aluminum i don't believe in whatsoever i don't like it yep. i think that it's steel or titanium or nothing you know yep and yep. i don't I know mean, mine you know the thwackers that i've got the new fixed blades for me uh the 252 it, it's a um stainless steel blades but it does have an aluminum ferrule but it does have the stainless steel blades and you know the guy lusk archery you know he said that he was at the end of his video, he was actually very surprised at how well they scored at all of his tests. Yeah, I remember so, watching that video, and it got me yep. interested because <clears throat> you know I'm always testing new things. But yep. I just I don't but know. then again, I was I was worried about the flight because of how wide they were. You know, I was yeah. worried about the flight of them. But I'm spying correctly, 
and I tuned it correctly, and they are hitting exactly where my field points are. That's all that matters, man. What does T-Bone always say? Uh, a lot. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Could have had a moment there. No, accuracy always wins. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, you could kill one with a field point. I've said this a thousand times. It's not legal, but you could do it. And yeah. that was a huge thing that I, I learned, especially after you saw the arrow and you were like, dude, that thing's corkscrewing. No wonder. Mm -hmm. And I think just a lot of people, you know, the whole point of this podcast really was to kind of, or I guess this episode was to, you know, talk about what you posted because that pissed a bunch of people off which i thought was hilarious yep. and also kind of figure, like, get out there why people need to know this stuff you know because what you 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 know as well as i do last year how many posts did we see of people saying oh i wounded this deer where's the dog that's not good and i i just wonder if a lot of people are jumping on the foc train but not really learning how to do it correctly you know yeah yeah. And, you know, I, I'm guilty to that as well. My first year starting out, you know, I had one that I wounded and couldn't find even with a dog. I spent, you know, $150. I have a dog come out and still couldn't find them. So, you know, I'm guilty of that as well. Uh, but now knowing what I know now, and that's all I'm trying to do is just help educate. I'm not trying to say your shit's wrong. I'm not trying to say everybody else's stuff is wrong. I'm not saying you tune your thing wrong. I'm just trying to help educate you or educate them on the fixed blade side of it, because that's what I use. Yeah. <clears throat> what you need to do, and this can be a shameless plug. I know I've kept you for an hour, so I don't want to keep you too much longer, but what you yeah. need to do is kind of plug your YouTube channel and get some, uh, get some videos out there about what this actually means and show people, you know, kind of the proof behind it. Cause we could sit here all day long and say, Hey, the Loch Ness monster is real. We have no proof. Right. It doesn't mean shit. So yeah. I know MFJJ had a video on it. And I know that, you know, there's probably Kim Gillahan's got a couple of videos on it too from Gold Tip because that's, you know, he's you know, he works for Gold Tip. So yeah. he's not just a scooter for them, he's actually one of their lead designers. Um, but yeah, he's got a lot of videos explaining the exact same exact stuff I was as well. Yeah. Well, you you need to get your content out there. Is what you need to do. I know. I haven't done anything in a long time. I know. <laughs> Been slacking, man. I've, I want to. I actually got on my uh, that YouTube Studio app to where you can you know watch your dashboard and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I got on mine, and my views have actually gone down. Um, so <laughs> I know I, mean, I need to get more out there. You haven't posted anything, of course. They haven't. I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> yeah, I've just I've been so slammed. I know, man. It. Life has been just insane lately. Yeah. But cool, man. Well, look, like I said, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, I have to go and load a whole truckload of crap. So there you go. Do another episode. I wanted to touch on early season stuff that we're going to be doing and tactics and what your plan is, but we we just basically ran out of time with with yep. the whole debate and you know your controversial shit. Um, which I'm glad you posted because. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, like I said earlier, I feel like people just will listen to one person that yeah. there's no science behind it. And I'm not knocking anybody that posts these things. TiVo makes videos all the time and it's mm -hmm. all right. Everything that I've learned, I've learned from him and, you know, MFJJ and I guess Range Ferry a little bit, you know, I, 
I don't really subscribe to the super heavy air Ohio FOC thing anymore, but mm-hmm. he's still right on a lot of his stuff. And, yep. but the, the thing is a lot of people will be like, all right, heavy versus light arrow. And then all they do is they shoot into a foam block and you can't do that. Not if you're looking to kill a deer where it's totally different because I could sit here all day long and tell you, Oh, my arrows blow through my target. So I'm going to blow through a whitetail. I mean, should I, with what I have? Yeah. But just because it's flying through a foam target doesn't mean it's going to go through a deer. You don't, there's no hard, you know, impacts or anything in a foam target. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, man. I mean, we, we could literally do this for hours and just on everything, but we need to do another episode soon where it's not just controversial debated, you know, debates over everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, before you get, yeah, we need to do a, uh, we need to do a fun one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I thought this was fun because we're over here just probably going to be pissing people off. I'm sure I'm going to get, you know, tons of messages from guys that listen to this and be like, Hey man, you're wrong. You, you don't know shit. You don't know nothing. And look, man, you can't look it up. Yeah, exactly. You can't argue real science now for the past three years, you know, you could argue that bull crap science, but um, I'm not going to get political on this, but you know, it, it, real science, you cannot fight it. You just can't. Mm -hmm. If, If they're showing that the spine indexing and all of that and spine alignment and all of that is wrong, then they need to take a look at that and say, Hey, this side up or, or do, do the testing like they've been doing. And this isn't just, you know, I know people are going to think, Oh, he's talking about victory. Talk about all of them. I'm not saying that one specific brand needs to change their stuff. I'm saying every brand needs to look at the arrow, figure out where the, where the weakest spot is and put something there. So that people know, Hey, this side up and yeah. then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they're going to make it, it make it idiot proof. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm one of the idiots. I don't take my, yeah, arrows. we all are. Yeah. We like, all I don't are. take my arrows to, I could have done it today, but I, I didn't even think about it. I don't take my arrows to the shop and say, Hey, can you find index for, or spot alignments for me? Mm-hmm. I, it's not something I think about. Yeah. It's literally one of the last things that's on my mind. Should it be yeah. not the last? Yeah, maybe. But, but the problem, but the problem with that is again, you know, 90% of the shops around here, if you take them to get, to get spine aligned, because how they've been told for so long, they're going to spine align it on the heavy side. It needs to be on the weak side. Well, that I think that's a good good spot to uh, wrap this up because you yep. really can't you can't get any more simple than that. So, cool, yeah. man. Well, I appreciate you coming on last minute. Um, yeah, man. You know we we've got a lot of things going on over here, but it's just season's coming up man so we need to we need to practice right. shoot 72 72 days before season and we got yeah a, a week before our state championship yeah i i'm not even thinking about it to be honest i'm just trying not to <laughs> i don't want to get all in my head i mean it's it's yeah. not a hundred thousand dollar shoot so it is what it is but yeah um yeah man we'll we'll do another one soon in the next few weeks um once i get another date that's open or if someone yeah. you know, has to reschedule, like what happened today, and you know, we'll. we'll oh, I see. So I'm just a rebound. Okay. Basically, yeah. Okay. Much. All right. No, I mean, Fair look, man. The rebound that still compares up there with T-Bone, so I'm good. Eh, well, hey, whatever helps you sleep at night. <laughs> yep. No, man. I honestly have been wanting to get you back on. It's just 
we both have been MIA lately and busy with work. So yep. I'm just glad you had the time. Oh, but, yeah. uh, cool, man. Well, I guess we'll do it again soon. All right, man. All right, buddy. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. If you don't mind, go on Apple, go on Spotify, wherever you listen to this and give us a five-star review. It really helps out. And, you know, I just want to give all the glory and all the thanks to God. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. We wouldn't be able to do anything without him. So just needed to throw that out there. Thank you again for listening. And don't forget to give us a review.